talking Calgary sports right now. Patrick Steinberg on the air, online, and on Twitter. Sportsnet 960, the fan. So runner at first, two down. Gomes had to go back on the play, and now Rendon. It's a high fly ball to deep left field, and it is gone! Hit it up into the seats in the Crawford boxes above the scoreboard. And the Nationals dugout has erupted. They don't get the call, but they get a homer a couple of batters later, and it is 5-2 Washington. And the Washington Nationals have done it again. What are you waiting for there? Well, I was waiting. Thought I'd hit the post. The come on, come on, come I love on. Love it. It's very, uh, odd. Just, very, very just, tight. Usually, jump on clips. Well, I was like, you know, I was just about to. Then I was like, well, no, I got the come on, come on, come on. Uh, something very strange that I just noticed as we welcome you to the program. We're here at the Wild Rose Tap Room, and we're doing a radio show in like two tables away. There's a podcast going on. That's very strange. More on that later. Uh, just the five also, RBIs. Your clips are in Berlin from, now, so cool. Thanks, I know it's. Uh, I, I got him in now. That's good. Just the uh, five RBIs from Anthony Rendon last night. Uh, just good? a seven-two win in Game Six of the World Series to force a Game Seven tonight. So the Nationals are now three and zero in Houston this series. They're also four and zero this postseason in elimination games. Maybe I shouldn't have. Uh, you asked me yesterday, do, do you see this one going to seven? I said, no, I think Houston's going to win. I can't see the Astros losing for a third straight time at home. Well, that happened. I didn't see Houston losing. Maybe I should have. And more accurately, maybe I should have seen the Nationals winning because all this team has done is play their best ball when things are on the line most. And that's been the case in the wild card game. That's been the case down the stretch in the regular season. It was the case in the divisional series. And then we know what happened in the uh, NLCS. 4-0 and in postseason elimination games this year, Will. And... They had to miss the start from Max Scherzer in Game 5. They go Strasburg in Game 6. He was lights out again. The bats come alive. Rendon was out of his mind with five RBIs. And we've got ourselves a Game 7 tonight. And so now that I think about it, I'm, I'm kind of kicking myself for thinking that the Nationals wouldn't have won last night because, of course, they would have won last night. It just makes sense for them to win. It's what they've done all postseason long. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, it's, it's, you got the pitching matchup. It's like the blessing in disguise now that Max Scherzer couldn't go in game five. We'll see what he's got or what that looks like in a game seven. I know it's a cortisone shot. It's a neck, a back issue. Always one that you're not really sure how it's going to play out. But if he's got a full tank, then I love where the, the, the spot the Nationals are in right now. And, uh, it's been a weird series in that sense because uh, it certainly felt like, I don't know what the, should do the tally up, but I think it was like 19 to four or 19 to five. The Astros outscored the Nationals in those three games at Nationals Park, um, and and five might be a generous run total for Washington. So it, it's been a, a weird series, but now kind of feel like the momentum's you know maybe swung a little bit back towards Washington, and we'll see what Game Seven pre- presents because Grinky's also been hard to read in terms of what he gives you on a playoff start. Well, do you have a do you have any feel as no. to what happens tonight? Because no. I'm, I'm done. I'm done trying to game predict seven. or exactly. And momentum almost means nothing in this scenario. You know, if you're the Astros, would you rather have Garrett Cole going in Game Seven tonight? Sure, you would. But that's not the way it shapes up. And you went out and put together a three-headed monster. 
of your starting staff so that you could be fairly certain that one of those three, Verlander, Cole, or tonight's starter Granke, would start in an elimination game. So you can be pretty sure that you know, you're confident in Granky going. And I know that Granky's had his issues this postseason, but both these teams I don't think can sit here and complain about who's going in a winner take all World Series. You've got Granky for the, the Astros, you've got Scherzer with a cortisoned up neck going for the Washington Nationals. I, I don't have a feel. I don't want to have a feel. I don't even want to give a prediction. All I want is a hell of a Game 7 of the World Series tonight. And from what we've seen in this World Series so far, I know that some of the scores have been pretty lopsided, but even take a look at last night. 7-2 ends up being the final score, but there was way more drama in that game than a 7-2 score would suggest. Like If you just picked up the paper today, if people do that, um, or if you if you just went online this morning or checked your app this morning and said, oh, uh, World Series, oh, the Nationals won 7-2, that game wouldn't have seemed like there was a ton of drama, but there was. That was still a really uh, intense and entertaining game despite a somewhat lopsided score. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm expecting much the same tonight. I think we're talking about a really entertaining Game 7, and that's the only thing that I'm willing to talk about. I'm done giving predictions. I really have no clue how this one goes tonight. Well, you mentioned the drama from last night. It all begins with that Trey Turner interference call. Uh, that home run you played from Rendon that certainly broke that thing open, and it didn't matter what that call was, but that could have been a series-changing call. The Astros could have yeah. been celebrating last night, and we'd have all kinds of controversy to talk about today, but doesn't end Can up being... Can you imagine if Rendon didn't hit that home run? No, well, I mean, they had the 3-2 lead at that they point. They had a 3-2 lead at the time. You're but right. Was... you're right. I mean, it's it would be a disaster for Major League Baseball because uh, from all indications, and I know... Mr. Klein, who's sitting across from me right now from the table, uh, he's like, I, I think I'm the only one in the world who believes that Trey Turner was actually out last night. Everyone else believes it was a brutal call, and um, I, I still think that Trey Turner had a direct line, and, and um, I, I do think it was a bad call myself. But, yeah, we could have been talking about something completely different today, but instead we're previewing a Game 7, and it should be a fun one between the Nationals and the Astros. And did you know, Patrick, this is the first hey, ever. Hey, did you know? This is the, uh, no, that's uh, whatever oh, days. Brought to you by Switch Advanced Lighting, Switch I believe. Switch Advanced Lighting. Um, but, you know, it's it's weird series because it's the first time ever in North American pro sports, pro major sports, I should say, the, yeah. the big four. It's the first time ever in a best of seven that the first six games have been won by the road team. Which is bonkers. Like, and, and not even bonkers that it's the first time because it doesn't really surprise me that it's the first time. Like just the statistical improbability of that mm-hmm. happening. Mm-hmm. Like it's bonkers to think that there has not been a home home win in this series. And and we're talking about baseball. Like that that blows my mind that there hasn't been a bottom eight or a bottom nine comeback so far in this series. Like it's it's really hard to wrap your head around. And it's funny, you talk about the controversy last night and you talk about what we could be talking about if things went another way. Well let's not forget that the Astros had a two one lead for a good chunk of this thing uh, until it went the other way and and you know a couple of solo home runs from the Nationals turned this thing on a dime and you know Verlander wasn't bad last night. He just didn't look dominant and he was just a little off with his control on a couple of pitches i uh i went back and because there was obviously a flames game last night so i watched 
I no, watched that game wasn't. knowing the knowing the result. Uh, but I went back and, and watched, you know, probably a full eight and a half innings of that game. I might have, you know, when it's all said and done, might have fast forwarded a little bit. But uh, I wanted to make sure that I watched that game. And, and yeah, I, I just Verlander looked a little off with his control, but he was still he was still pretty decent. He was still good. But yeah, there, even those two solo home runs that the Nationals turned a two one deficit into a three two lead. He had lots of lots of drama. So I'm looking forward to it. If you missed it in trending now, we have got Game Seven for you tonight right here on Sportsnet 960. The fan doesn't get any better than this. I gotta you know I rarely get texts from Kirsch uh, unless unless there's something wrong. Like if it's 8:30 at night and I get a Kirsch a, te- a Kirsch text. I know that I've screwed up. Somebody has sworn on the air, and we haven't, like, something bad has happened if I get a text from Kirsch. It's not, very rarely do I get, hey, man, what's going on? Or, hey, hope your day's going good. Or, hey, the show sounded good today. You don't get that. You just get, but yesterday I got a, looks like we're getting a world Game 7 World Series, baby. So Kirsch is jacked up for Game 7 of the World Series. We've got it for you just after 6 o'clock. First pitch is officially slated for 6.08. We'll be thrown out by Zach Granke of the Houston Astros. Granke versus Scherzer, Game 7. Seven, all comes down to this. I'm jacked. Are you willing to give a prediction? I'm not. I'm uh, being a chicken. What about you? Just give one, Pat. I'm going Nationals. I said Nationals I'd... in seven to begin the series, so why change? You might You might as well stick with it. You know what? I don't know if I gave a prediction at the beginning of the series, but I'm done counting the Nationals out, so I'm going Nationals as well. Uh, I am done saying that they're not going to get it done, so I'll go Washington uh, as well in this one. Uh, welcome to the Steinberg Show. Happy Wednesday. We are live from the Wild Rose Tap Room on this Wednesday afternoon. Good stuff going on. The Wild Rose Tap Room in the Curry Barracks is jammed for lunch. As I said, Will, so it's crazy. You've been in here before. you got the long table, so we're at one of the long tables right right near the entrance and there's a a table of gents right in front of us and then the next table over i got two guys doing a podcast they got jenga going on like i don't know what podcast this is but they got they got like they've got the mic stands not even the mic stands but like the mic things that hook onto the side of a table they've got professional microphones headphones they've got a producer I, I don't know what podcast this is but they're going to get a lot of steinberg yelling in the background of their podcast so sorry boys podcast has got a lot of this idiot in the background i'm not quite sure what podcast it is but that's what's going on um first of all when it comes to wild rose we are still accepting entries in fact we are until the uh, end of december for our beer league broadcast we need two beer league teams to be a part of this so go to sportsnet.ca slash 960 get your teams entered in right now if you do you're going to get your game broadcast on the radio you get the after party right here at the tap room and uh, you also get the personalized jerseys from tuxedo source for sports so that's number one for wild rose number two the cherry porter is back tomorrow this is one of the most popular winter drinks in the city the cherry porter returns tomorrow on halloween so make sure you get your hands on that and this is really cool for the month of november if uh, you make a food donation to the veterans food bank here at the tap room you're going to get 15 percent off a pint and for each donation you make you get 15 percent off each additional pint so if you get bring in three donations to the veterans food bank you get 15 percent off of three pints of wild rose here at the tap room five five points yeah five points you know how it works out so uh bring in a food donation to the veterans food bank here at the tap room throughout the month of november wild rose brewery brewing quality craft beer in calgary that fuels the hard-working albertan wild rose brewery branded with k 
character. What a frustrating game for the Flames in Raleigh last night. Uh, so last year, the Flames won 31 out of 32 games when carrying a lead into the final 20 minutes. After 40, they were 31-1 and when carrying a lead in. They've now dropped back-to-back games in that scenario. 2-1 in overtime Saturday against the Winnipeg Jets. 2-1 in regulation last night against Carolina. Now, they were both one nothing leads. Those are not the safest leads in hockey necessarily, but they're not scoring right now. They're not managing games properly right now. And what frustrated me most about last night, Will, is that you've got a Flames team that's up one nothing. They've played pretty decently. I thought they had a really good first period. They were decent in the second. I thought Carolina really started to turn the momentum in the second. But still, you're up one nothing after 40. And then it was a complete and utter passive snooze fest for the Flames in the third. And they let Carolina completely take that game over. Shots were 10-4, but the shot attempts were way more slanted in favor of the Hurricanes. David Riddick had to be uh, far too much of a factor in that third period. And I know he allowed two goals in the third, but where would this game be if it weren't for what he did in the second half of the second and the third period? And, and that goes back to what we've been talking about all year when it comes to the Flames, just a lack of consistency in game. I hate the term 60-minute effort. I think it's one of the most overused terms because I don't think that a, a full 60-minute effort exists in the game of hockey. But I do know that you've got to be a whole lot more consistent and a whole lot more steady over a 60-minute period than what we've seen far too often from the Flames. And last night was a perfect example. That third period didn't look anything like the first period. And in a one nothing game, that's just not acceptable. They didn't get a shot until the final 80 seconds of the third period. So that 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 was an extremely frustrating game last night for Calgary. Yeah, and I mean, we, I feel like I said this almost a week ago to you uh, verbatim, but... It, but I, I got to be honest, it's getting the feeling that this team, you know, we talk so much about their depth and, and how deep they are up front. Well, time to maybe show it because last night was a prime example. Mr. Klein said it, and he's bang on. It's a one-line team right now. You shut down Johnny Gaudreau, and this team does nothing. He's got no goals in eight games. I said it before. He is Nine very, games now. He's very, Yeah, it was eight games going into last night. He's very passive. He's not aggressive, not hard on pucks. He's not back-checking like we've come you know used to with Johnny Gaudreau and and quite frankly we can you know dial this thing all the way back to mid-January of last season uh the final three months of the year and then the five games in the playoffs they have not played some very good hockey and you know I, I think a lot of it is their top guys aren't going and the rest of the team just isn't contributing and right now their bottom six is almost unplayable um you know another Pretty poor game from Milan Lucic. It's just right now there's nothing really for this team past their top guys, and their top guys aren't playing very well, and it's all filtered down from there. And, you know, Riddick was phenomenal last night. He was the only reason they had that lead after 40 minutes of play. And you're right, that third period was, you know, it was one team on the ice. The ice was very tilted in the Hurricanes' favor. And right now it's just, yeah, until they get more from their top guys, their top guys play the way they did the first half of last season, I, I don't see this thing turning around. It's almost that same old story every single year with this group. And, you know, you have that, that phenomenal year followed by a lackluster year. And right now it's 6-6-2 six, six, and two through 14 games of the year. I, I don't know where this team stands in that Pacific division. And until their top guys get going, I don't know how you turn this thing around. Maybe the thing that has been 
and look, it's still early, so I'm not sitting here saying that it's done and, and they're, you know, you might as well write off the season 14 games in. By no means. There's still 68 to go. There's plenty of things that can transpire here. But all I'm going on is what I've seen through the first 14 games. And what I've seen through the first 14 games, not projecting down the road, but what has been maybe the most surprising thing is the lack of confidence this team seems to be playing with like this does not seem like a confident team right now this does not seem like a team that that feels comfortable in situations where they can close out a game they didn't look comfortable saturday in the heritage classic up one nothing after 40 minutes of play instead they looked passive and the jets outshot them 15 to 4 to come back and win this game and the same was true last night up one nothing instead of confidently going out and closing things out instead of confidently controlling or the very least doing a, doing having some sort of concerted effort to lock things down instead it's it's a passive almost nervous feel and we've seen that at different times this year in big spots and close games this team doesn't seem to have the same swagger that they had last year and and you know i i know that comparing one year to the next is a fool's errand but it's a very similar looking group there's there's very little change what we're talking about one player difference it's it's a neil lucic swap and that's it the i I guess the the smith talbot swap so we're talking about two different players and that that can't be the reason why this team isn't playing with the same type of swagger It, it it is tough to wrap your head around but that is that is maybe the number one thing that i've noticed this team just does not look like a confident group right now no they don't they have no confidence at all. Um, and, and, you know, you played all those clips from last night. You listen to Jordani, you listen to Kachuk, you listen to Bill Peters. Uh, obviously, Bill Peters frustrated, but the players seem defeated. They just seem like they don't know how to turn this thing around or what the heck is going wrong. And, and uh, it just very, very much feels like a defeated group. And I think Lewis was, was, was bang on when he said that uh, it's almost a Blessing in disguise. They've got an off day, a complete off day in Nashville today. Just yeah. don't come to the rink. Don't even think about hockey and uh, try to hit the reset button tomorrow against the Preds. On the uh, Glenn Morati fan feedback text line 960960, hopefully at some point everyone will just admit last year was a complete fluke and that what we're seeing now from the Flames is truly what they are, an average team that can easily be shut down in games that mean something. They're too soft of a team to play against, and no one on that team plays a heavy game consistently. That comes from John. I'm not ready to say last year was a fluke, but I am ready to say this team is not playing uh, no. a high level of hockey to the first 14 games of the season yeah last year was not 2014-15 no definitely not that was that that was a good team last year in the regular season um if the flames don't get it going i think it's time to blow up the core keep kachuk and that's about it they've gone through three coaches in six years 14 games seems a little premature it's like telling uh, riddick you to is fire bar- the coach after one game no, that's never almost the same before. thing Riddick has been bar none the best player on this team, which is ironic because the Flames of last season didn't care what goaltender was in net. They could win either way. That comes from Mike. Uh, This, I'm sure St. Louis felt defeated last year. They were last in the league at Christmas, and look what happened to them. That's fair, although statistically, the 
probability of that happening is not high. Like, ideally, you don't want to be in last place entering 2020. And I'm not suggesting the Flames will be there. But, yes, that is not exactly where you'd like to be, regardless of what happened to St. Louis last year. Uh, Spechnikov's first goal, could you argue goalie interference? He slashed Riddick in the head on the way to scoring. Or am I being a Flames homer? I'd like to hear your thoughts. I saw this a lot on the text line last night and a little bit on Twitter. I didn't see it that way. I saw incidental contact once the puck had been put in. That's what I saw. Did you think there was uh, anything controversial or wrong with the game time? No, it was a uh, it's a beautiful goal. And I mean, what are you, what are you supposed to do if you're Riddick there? That was just a, an unbelievable. Yeah, goal. Riddick. I mean, Riddick was he, and and Riddick let's was let's, playing it right. Let's be right? honest. Like, for anybody that's played hockey with a cage on, if you get a stick in your face off a cage, you're not like you're not interfered with. You're not all of a sudden. Oh, what was what's happening? No, it's just a good goal. One, and it's not a high stick. The stick making contact with the mask didn't interfere with him making that stop. He wasn't making that stop. It was a ridiculously high-end skilled play from a number two overall pick from a few years ago. That's that. Like to me, you and we'll ask Cron this in a couple seconds. But you you tip your mask and say that's a hell of a play. I know that Will doesn't care what Cron has to say, but I care what Cron has. Has he ever played goal in his life? Not well. And these on the Houston-Washington game tonight, uh, I you asked me to make a choice. I say, yeah, I'll go Nationals. Uh, Pat, you said Astros in six. I don't remember that. I could very well have said Astros in six. I don't know I, if you said I a game you. number. I do think you said Astros, though. I'm pretty sure I chose Astros, but here we are. I've seen the first six games. Of, yeah, I'm going to go Nationals tonight. I'm feeling I'm feeling them. I'm ready to walk back a prediction. Of course I am. Predictions are, are dumb to begin with. Uh, now, I predicted Washington tonight, so this reads, Pat goes Nats, making a huge bet on the Astros tonight, and this one, thanks, Pat. Now I know to put my money on Houston. You know what? You can be snarky, but in the end, I have only 7% control of what happens tonight. It's not a lot of control, so just remember that. Uh, Before we take a break, I do want to put this back in front of you. Uh, We'll have more of a concerted push on this as we move towards the end of the show, but today we're running a special auction with all proceeds going to Big Brothers, Big Sisters of Calgary and area. We're teaming up with Boston Pizza for this, so we have got a 10-pack of tickets in the Cisco Foods Luxury Suite for a game Saturday, November 9th against the St. Louis Blues. So a couple weeks from now, November 9th, 9th, Flames and Blues at the Dome in the Cisco Foods Luxury Suite. We've got 10 tickets for you in the suite, which is the ultimate VIP experience. And right now, our bid is $12.50. We need to beat that bid of $12.50 as the day goes along. And uh, what is really cool is that all of the proceeds to this go to Big Brothers, Big Sisters. We've done so much work with BB. Uh, BS of Calgary and area over the last number of years. They're one of our favorite partners to work with. So if you're going to get in on this action, auction rather, uh, I guess action would be the correct word as well. Um, and if you are going to uh, be a part of this, then uh, you're going to be helping a really, really worthy cause. So it's a great cause. It's a great prize that you're bidding for as well. Bids could be made by calling or texting 403 816 3882. Just give your name and the amount of the bid. Right now, the bid's at 1250. Call 403 816 
3882 or text that number if you'd like to up the bid we are live from the wild rose tap room on this wednesday one thing we didn't talk a lot about last night goaltending we're doing that with the hardest working guest host in radio brent cron joins us next steinberg show on sports that 960 the fan the steinberg show brought to you by fifth avenue auto house it's Volksfest. purchase an atlas and you can get up to four thousand dollars bonus cash and no charge on winter tires fifth avvw.com Hi, hi, Brent. Did you have FM radio growing up in Winkler, Manitoba? I did, buddy. I lived close to Winnipeg. You guys have kept me on hold for five minutes while I had to listen to you two mud fences talk about Love Inc. It was, it was, I was about to hang up, to be honest with you. are an American Hockey League star. Such morons. They need to grow a set of stones here. Well, he sounds like my career, minus the two Stanley Cups. Tire fires. Gas cans. The list goes on for you two idiots but you know what i do have fun when i do get on so i have a bunch of other names for you guys too that obviously doesn't make it there did any of the current and former nhlers know who you were or they just like who's this guy that they got off the street to play goal everybody every, everybody knew who i was how could you forget a first round bust Exactly. that was high level drive-by stuff right there i give you credit for that yeah now what is it uh with you and will malt well, I just he sucks. <laughs> there it is. You know, Fair enough. I yeah. just it's simple. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, how long have you been holding on to that one? That's uh, that's breaking me down into the fetal position right now. And that is your NHL goaltending gold analyst. Yeah. yeah. With you two slugs, I'll tell you what. I it's just nice to be able to feel important carrying the show for twenty minutes. That's all I got to say. Yeah, you carried us both on your back. Good stuff. Yeah, exactly. Bye, Cron. Suck it, Will. Let's welcome in our goaltending analyst, Brent Cron, uh, working double duty. He still likes to come on afternoons despite hosting the morning show with Boomer uh, and, and Klein the last couple of weeks. Uh, hello, Mr. Cron. How are you? I'm great. How are you, Pat? I'm well. I'm well. Have you uh, relinquished control of Will's Twitter yet? Yeah, you know what? That was the toughest thing. I, when I saw that opportunity set before me, I knew that he didn't get up. He doesn't get up at 6 a.m. nor 7 a.m. Barely even for for 9 a.m. or 8 a.m. So I had to wait. Hey, hey! I was actually playing hockey. I actually played hockey at 7 a.m. this morning. Oh, you're an idiot. Um, and so, good for you. That's great. But at the end of the day, it's Twitter, and I don't have social media. I didn't realize that there's a set amount of characters for that, and it was very, very, very hard to keep it PG. I I discussed earlier with Will what I was going to say, an inaccurate statement. But there was a lot more coarse language <laughs> and a lot of more and a lot more it was just a lot it was very offensive. And so I chose the, the mature T G route and just basically kept it nice and honest. Well, uh that's really interesting the what you what will told me you were going to say i didn't know that about will so that was uh, right that, i mean not, all, not many do not many do and so what i was going to do is not even tell him i i have access to his entire life through twitter and just start sending random things out just admitting guilt for certain things right uh oj simpson all that kind of stuff i mean we could just go down the line i'm sure he wasn't alive back then but you know just make make him admit to everything that has ever happened in this world it's all his fault well it's probably a good thing that you thought better of what you were originally going to tweet so good job on that front um I'm growing i hear up. you got a little i hear you got in a little trouble this morning like people are angry about you you're you're, you're not giving david riddick enough credit and also talking what? about aquariums for way too long 
Well, you know what? The aquarium bit actually saved me because people are like, you're an a-hole. But that aquarium bit really brought you back from the grave. I, I was walking to plus 15, and people are like, Riddick? You think Riddick is not a good goal? You don't think he's doing his job? What the hell is wrong with you? And I, I encourage people to go back and listen. Because all I'm saying is, is Riddick is a national hockey league goal. He's an NHL goalie. And I love him. I think he's a tremendous goaltender. And he's a good goalie. He's, 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 he's been probably, arguably, their, their most consistent player through the first part of the season here. However, if you're going to be an, an, like a premier number one goaltender, Terry Price, for example, when even when your team struggles and doesn't give you run support, I mean, you can only can do what you can do. And you can't just tell yourself that morning, hey, I'm going to steal my team a game today. And that's how that works. It's, but uh, at the end of the day, you know what? Maybe the Flames do need Riddick to... The Flames need to win a game or nothing. And that's not something you can plan out. And I, don't, and, and I know that, that he's trying to do that. So I'm not knocking him for his, his uh, desire, his, his competitiveness. I mean, he's a, he's a phenomenal goaltender. But I'd, I'd just like to see him where the Flames have just played this lackluster for so long that he comes out and the Flames, you know, they didn't play a terrible game last night, but they lost 2-1. They didn't play a horrible game Saturday night against Winnipeg. They got outplayed, but it wasn't horrible. And Riddick did everything he could with 45 shots against and they still lost 2-1. I mean, it's I'm not coming after him for his play. I'm just coming after, I'm just saying that for him to get to that next level, I'd like to see him just win a game one nothing. And it's, it's not easy to do and not everybody can do it and you need support and you're a goaltender and if you, if you are lights out and do everything you can do and you get a shutout, your team still has to score a goal. So, I'm not saying that None of this is his fault. I think he's been the most consistent player. I think he's a tremendous goaltender, and the Flames are lucky to have him. But I'd just like to see him win a game one nothing. So you're just saying next step would be, okay, now it's time for Riddick to steal a game once in a while. That's kind of the, the main gist of your point? Yeah, well, because, you know, even, I mean, I've done this in the past in the minors. It's Even when you play as well as you do, you still lose the game. You still feel like you lost. He's not sitting in the stall saying, oh, well, you know what, I did all I could do. When are the rest of these plugs going to get on board? That's not mm-hmm. how it works. You're one man. You're a goaltender. So in his mind, he's he's breaking down. Like, you know what? Maybe, maybe I had a chance on that Morrissey goal. He didn't. Maybe I could have stopped that 2 and one He probably couldn't. But you just find ways to think, wow, you know, I could, I could have done this or I could have done that. Or maybe I should have done this. Just being a competitive professional athlete, you find ways that it's just it's not your fault. They're good goals. You're not, he's not getting beaten on poor shots. But you'd like to have those two saves where you win one nothing and you get a 45-save shutout. And that barely happens. But I'm just saying, from his point of view, he's going to keep pushing himself to get better. The goalie coach, Jordan Snow, is going to keep pushing him to get better. And if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. It doesn't mean he's a bad goaltender or he's not, not a, you know, worth it. It's just sometimes it's just nice to have a, you know, a goaltender stand on his head. You don't need one tonight. That's all I need, just one. And, and, and uh, I'll, I'll get the win for you guys. And then, I mean, at the end of the day, everybody plays for, for their teammates. And when you're a goaltender, you're, you're one man. So how much can you do? But, you know, your good games get lost sometimes, but your bad games are remembered. And uh, he's doing all he can at the moment, and I'm sure he'll, 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 he'll continue to do so. But all I was saying is, is being for, as competitive as he is, having a goaltender mindset, you want to win those games one nothing and not lose them 2-1. Fair enough. See, I wanted to make sure that you could uh, defend your statement, and, and I've done that. Um, okay, now put me – say that you're – in Riddick's pads last night, and Andrei Svechnikov scores that goal the way he does. Do you tip your helmet to him and say, yep, that was impressive, or are you pissed off, and, and does that bother you? It, well, you know what? Outwardly, you can't get upset because it is 
it is a tremendous goal. But uh, I would go home, back to Calgary, take my TV and throw it out my condo window because that's going to be on every highlight reel for the next four years. It was a, a good goal. It happened. Let it go. Things happen like that all the time now. I mean, those highlight. I mean, you, you see how many highlight reels you put on a rotation and you just go. So, you know what? You parked that one. It was a goal. It doesn't matter if you put it through your legs or it was a two-on-one back door. The, the way he scored it, yes, that's it's pretty exciting. But it, it, it doesn't count anymore doesn't give you any extra points for, for scoring a goal like that. So you just park that one, let it go, and uh, move on and, 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 and forget about it. Yeah, yeah, and, I mean, and that's... It, it, it's, a, it's a practice goal. It's a practice goal. Like every, every goalie says, you know, when guys try all this, you know, stupid crap in practice when they have all the time through the legs, but you're seeing more and more stuff like that where guys are trying more risky things, um... And we always used to say in practice, do it in a game. Do it in a game then. Do it in a game. Well, he just did it in a game. So now he scored <laughs> he a goal like that in a game. So what are you going to be able to do, right? Yep. Uh, with Brent Cron, our NHL goaltending analyst, uh, two ones on other teams. First of all, the next opponent for the Flames is the Nashville Predators and uh, their guy. And you know Pekka Rene very well. Uh, right now, Pekka Rene is on some kind of roll. He's allowed two straight. He has not allowed a goal in two straight games. He's only allowed one goal in his last three games. Sky, uh, Sky is still a pretty high-end goaltender. I know a lot of people wondered if you know this might be the year where things drop off a little bit for Rene. Apparently not. Well, and, I, and I'm one of them. I keep thinking that he's going to have a drop off somewhere. I, every season, I think Saros is going to take over the net, and Rene is going to fade off into the sunset, and people are just going to forget about him but he just he keeps playing too damn well he he's a big body he's a tremendous athlete he plays the puck well and and you know the, the predators are kind of firing on all cylinders right now too so the whole team is going and you know he's a big reason for that they trust him in the net he like i said he's a big body he's, he's got a presence out there he's he's intense he's fiery and and i mean he's carved out an amazing career for himself i used to play against him when he was with the milwaukee admirals in the american hockey league and you know, he was a good goaltender then. I didn't think he'd be as good as he has been, but he's 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 phenomenal. Every chance I get, I I like to watch him just because he's he doesn't play a uh, uh, a predictable style. He's he's still re- for the for his size, he plays a reflex game and reads the reads the play extremely well. And and his teammates really like him. I mean, he think they think that you know when you have a goaltender you like, you play harder for him, you play harder in front of him. And he's a pretty he's a really good leader for uh, for uh, the incumbent there that UC uh, Saros. I mean, he's. He's going to be something, but he's not nearly, just frame-wise, the stature of of, uh, of Saros is not near what it is of Rene. And, or Rene and, and you know what? At the end of the day, they're going to have to say goodbye to him at some point, but he's making it very difficult on them. I mean, he's he's done his job and then some, and, and it's nice to see him do as well as he has. And finally, what are they going to do in Chicago? One guy is playing outstanding. That would be last year's Vesna Trophy candidate, Robin Lehner, the other guy is struggling mightily, and that would be the incumbent, Corey Crawford. What's going to happen in Chicago? <laughs> well, I like that word. The use of that word. I, I heard it somewhere just prior, the incumbent. but uh, um, Smart men. Know, Only Crawford. smart men use it like you and I, Cron. <laughs> yeah. Corey Crawford's had a tremendous year or season in the National Hockey League. I mean, not sorry, season. Oh, yeah, career. Uh, career. And career, 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 career. And he's won two Stanley Cups, and he's been the backbone of that hockey club. He's, he's done all he can do, and he's come into some injury problems where he's just not been himself. And when you when you have those types of injuries and you're out for the length of time that he's been out for, 
it, you, you struggle with your rhythm, you struggle with timing, and you struggle with confidence. And he started this season off that he was going to be the number one guy. Obviously, they defer to their number one guy. But uh, Rob, Robin Leonard's come in here and, and basically blown the doors off it. His, his numbers are fantastic. The, the wins haven't accumulated for Robin, but he's, but he's given his team a better chance to win every night. They haven't. Uh, I mean, last night, I think they gave up about 50 shots to the Predators and they only lost 3 nothing. If if Crawford wasn't net, the way he's rolling right now, he it could have been probably a lot worse. And you know there there is a, definitely a battle. Yeah, Jeremy Colleton's got a quick decision on his hands because everybody in that city of Chicago loves Corey Crawford. He's a fan favorite. Um, he's had so many good seasons with the team, and it's, it's still early on for him to find his form. But thank God they have Robin Leonard to kind of carry the mail, and I'm, I'm sure he'll probably take over the the starter's job here at some point. They're going to start giving him more minutes just because he's demanding them. He's earning them. Mm-hmm. He's taking them away from Corey Crawford. And, and I can see them giving him a, a lot more of an opportunity. Right now, they're still kind of in that 1A, 1B scenario, and that's what that's what Leonard did last season, too, in, in, in New York with the Islanders. And he's comfortable with that. I don't know. He's, he's a big boy. He's a big body. His, his workload, I'm not sure if he can handle being a, a bona fide number one guy. But he's, uh, he's, 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 he's made a pretty good case for himself to steal the net here for at least a little bit while Crawford tries to figure out his game. Good stuff, Mr. Cron. We'll talk to you again next week. Enjoy your final two days on the morning show for the, uh, for the time being. Thank you for your support. I'm always here for support, Cron. Yeah. You know that. Bye, Cron. <laughs> yeah, yeah. See you later. It's Brent Cron, our uh, NHL goaltending analyst on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar Guest Hotline. Same secret recipe since 1975. For pickup or delivery, call 403-248-3344 and find them at 6060 Memorial Drive Northeast. As we go to break, it's time to look back at last night's game. It's time for the game in a minute. Welcome aboard to Hyatt Infinity. They're on board with us for the rest of the season. It's time for the game in a minute from Raleigh, North Carolina last night. Game in a minute brought to you by Hyatt Infinity. Be winter ready with free winter tires, free rock guard, and free oil changes and tire rotations with every new in-stock 2019 vehicle. Visit HyattInfinityCalgary.com and Welcome inside PNC Arena in Raleigh, North Carolina. Elias Lindholm and the 6-5-2 Calgary Flames will clash with Dougie Hamilton and the 7-3-1 Carolina Hurricanes. Gaudreau's got it near quarter. He centers it. Lindholm scores! Former Hurricane Elias Lindholm gives the Flames a 1-0 lead. Here's the single up the right wing side. The Hurricanes have a 2-1-1. It is centered to Hallow. One-timer. And he's stopped by Riddick. A beautiful blocker save. Got trying a lacrosse move. Scores. Wow. You'll see this one on the highlight reels, and the Hurricanes have tied the game at one. Svechnikov back to Hamilton, back to Svechnikov near circle. He shoots and scores. Andrei Svechnikov scores his second goal of the third period. It is two to one. Time runs out of the flames here at PNC Arena in Raleigh, North Carolina tonight. Hurricanes two and the Flames one. This Steinberg show brought to you by Fifth Avenue Auto House. It's Volksfest. Purchase a Tiguan and you can get up to $2,500 cash purchase bonus and no charge on winter tires. FifthAvVW.com. Time to turn up the heat. These are three burning questions on the Steinberg show. Sportsnet 960, the fan. Not today. Well, Patty, we know it's a complete off day. They won't even hit the ice in Nashville ahead of tomorrow's game with the Preds. But you'll have a morning skate. Then, of course, a game day tomorrow from Bridgestone Arena. Um, Whether it's up front, whether it's on the back end, I know we're kind of in this 
period of the season where we're going to see these lines kind of experimented for a at least a 10-game sample. But going into tomorrow night's game against the Preds, are you expect, expecting, anticipating any lineup changes? And that also includes the goaltender. Um, I am not really looking at it and saying, yeah, there needs to be a uh, there needs to be lineup changes. I wouldn't mind seeing Manjapani go back up with Monahan and Bennett. That would maybe be the one that I would be interested in seeing. But otherwise, nothing really that jumps off the page to me. I don't think that Jankowski coming back in moves the needle. I don't think that Stone in for Shillington moves the needle. So it would be keep Riddick in net and, and more about just maybe making a couple of tweaks. So we'll see what the Flames do. Morning skate, as I mentioned, tomorrow in Nashville. Um, we It's been the biggest talking point, Pat. We haven't discussed it this hour, uh, but to Andrew Harris, not amongst the award nominees or award winners for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers when it comes to most outstanding Canadian, most outstanding player, despite his record-breaking season. Of course, we know about his violation early in the year with steroids and his suspension uh reports coming out saying the cfl didn't tell anybody not to vote for harris just the way things played out i know you had a strong opinion on this when the news broke about harris's suspension so i don't expect this surprises you it Um, does surprise me because i i thought that the i I really thought that the winnipeg media was going to kind of wrap themselves in the flag and and protect their guy and and really push for it i'm glad they didn't and i'm glad that uh we're talking about uh him not being eligible because he doesn't deserve to be eligible he got caught cheating you got suspended two games for using performance enhancing drugs you should not be available or rather should not be eligible to win a year-end award that 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 would be a farce if a guy who got caught using peds was the most outstanding player it'd be ridiculous so i'm glad that the winnipeg chapter of uh the professional football writers association of canada or however you said um i'm glad that they uh i'm glad that they were able to come to their senses and make the right decision because i do think they're making the right call uh the edmonton oilers have lost two in a row their scoring has certainly dried up they're a dominant team on home ice they lost again last night in detroit 3-1 and too familiar, I would suggest, Pat. You look at that box score. The only goal is Leon Dreisaitl from Connor McDavid. Um, you know, James Neal obviously has certainly scored his share so far in October. But uh, New Year, same problem for the Oilers. Is this lack of scoring beyond the guys who wear number 97 and 29 going to be an issue for the Oilers if they want to maintain this hot start? Yeah, it is. I mean, I think that they're... they're even if Nugent Hopkins was producing a little bit more early on, uh, this is a team that does not have scoring depth. They've got high-end scoring. Absolutely they do. They don't have scoring depth. I'm sorry, Gaetan Haas and Nygaard and um, Chason and, and so on and so forth. These guys are not good depth scoring pieces. This is going to be, again, Jujar Kara, Zach Cassing, and so on and so forth. These guys are not going to be able to carry the load consistently. Can the Oilers be a bubble playoff team? Yeah, they can if they get good goaltending all year long and if McDavid and Dreisaitl are elite. That can make them a bubble playoff team. When it's all said and done, in, unless they truly address their lack of scoring depth, which is not an easy thing to, to address, I think it's going to be like this uh, for, for a good chunk of the season. Okay, Pat.
That'll do it for three burning questions. That'll do it for the Steinberg Show, brought to you by Fifth Avenue VW. It's up at Fifth Ave today. Swapped in the 2019 Golf for a brand-new 2019 Jetta. So uh, it's a nice blue one out there right now. Has been driving it around all day. Looks pristine. Thank you to the folks at Fifth Avenue. And don't forget to tune in to Boomer in the Morning for Hey, Did You Know? Brought to you by Switch Advanced Lighting Solutions. Did you know that you can follow Switch Lighting on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook for more LED trivia, project spotlights, and product features? switchlighting.ca why can't the flames manage games right now and am i going to owe will nault a steak dinner at the end of the year those are a couple of topics we'll kick around as pinder and steinberg kicks off in minutes sports that 960 the fan this steinberg show brought to you by fifth avenue auto house it's volts fest purchase a tiguan and you can get up to twenty five hundred dollars cash purchase bonus and no charge on winter tires fifth avvw.com